Welcome to Dietitian Table Talks, where I will probably never be sitting at a table. I'm your host, Emily Bogato. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and online coach. This podcast is about nutrition, fitness, life experiences, and random things in between. Find me on Instagram at dietitian.em.b. Thanks for listening. I've got Joey Gast on the line. We just recorded a podcast for his channel, which is Thrive by Nutrition. So I'm not sure whose is going to be up first, but make sure to check his out. Give him a subscribe. Um, He is a soon-to-be RD powerlifter and online coach. So I'm super excited to have him on here. Um, And I think that... I just want you to start out by letting people know what you do now, and then we'll go back in time a little bit. Yeah, well, first off, uh, thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, Can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you perfectly. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Super excited. Uh, I I think I followed you for probably over a year now or around a year or so. Um, I think I followed you on Twitter and then maybe found your Instagram. I'm not sure how I found you, but we kind of have our little pack of like RDs in the, or soon to be RDs in the fitness world. And I feel like we just kind of stick together. (laughs) Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like it's, it's um like finding RDs in the fitness realm. It's definitely growing now, but before uh, it seemed like it, it was kind of rare to find that. Um, There's actually like more anti back, so. anti fitness RDs than there is fitness RDs. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, that's we could go down a huge rabbit hole <laughs> on that topic. Um, but yeah, so I am a uh, dietetic intern right now, so I'm doing my internship. Um, I'm currently doing my clinical rotation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so not an RD yet, but will be by the end of the year, you know, if yeah. obviously unless something, some catastrophe happens or this pandemic gets even worse. But, um, yeah. so I, uh, I got my master's from Ohio university in nutrition and I did my bachelor's actually at the university of Toledo in Ohio, um, in psychology. So oh, kind of wow. have a little bit of, yeah. So I, I did my bachelor's in psychology and then, uh, I realized like towards the end of my, um, senior year, getting my bachelor's that I was just so interested in nutrition that then I went on and um, did my graduate degree in nutrition and then went this route instead. Wow. So I knew that you changed your, your mind last minute, but I didn't know that what you were doing before. So that's really cool. That probably helps you a lot actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely does. Um, just understanding human behavior a little more because uh, like what I like originally wanted to go into with psychology was I was really interested in just learning like why we make certain food choices. So it was still related to nutrition Interesting. Um, because like I, I grew up with not great eating habits. I had pretty poor eating habits. And, um, um, like I would say like my, my family, like we all kind of had poor eating habits. So I just was like, I don't know, really interested in what kind of, um, things like psychologically made somebody choose to eat this way or eat that way. Um, and then as I like went through schooling, I just got so honed in on the nutrition side of things 
And then I decided to kind of make that shift. But I definitely think the psychology background um, has helped for sure. Yeah, I, I can imagine because a lot of what we do is kind of figuring out why people are making the choices and the habits that they are doing and how we could try to help them change them. So I'm sure having that background really helps you understand people a lot more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like you can you can know all of the science behind nutrition, but if you can't understand to help people to actually implement those behaviors that you're trying to get then it doesn't make a difference like Absolutely. it doesn't matter you could be matter. the smartest person yeah. in the world and be a terrible nutrition coach or dietitian yeah because a lot of people they they struggle with actually finding out the how to like implement these behaviors instead of knowing what actual behaviors to implement that's um, so true so yeah I, i'm currently in that right now and um, yeah just going through the internship working on being an online coach on the side mm -hmm. as um, I'm trying to grow my business as, you know, I become an RD and what like I ultimately want to do is I want to be able to coach people with nu their nutrition to um, achieve different body composition goals. They want to lose a little bit, lose a little bit of body fat, get a little leaner, or if they want to um, build some muscle mass, kind of shape their body more or just generally maintain like a healthy body weight and, a healthy lifestyle so yeah I'm um, really jealous of you that you already are starting up your business before you're even done with your internship um and I think that I just I told you this in your podcast but I think it's really cool that you're doing this before you have the credentials because I I thought that I couldn't you know I couldn't be an online coach I thought I couldn't be an online coach because other people can be an online coach before when they don't have any education. So I think it's cool that you kind of um, stuck with it. Obviously, I ended up doing it in the end still, even though I thought I couldn't do it. Um, but I think it's great that you're already building up your business now so that when you do have the credentials, that's just kind of like icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it wasn't something that um, I planned to really do before. Um, just because... Like, I always wanted to do things the more professional way, like get the credentials first and that. Um, but as I was just going through schooling, I just was learning so much and I wanted to put that education out there. So, I, like, I started posting on social media like a lot of us did. And um, I just had somebody that I knew from high school. They reached out and they were asking me if, like, I could help them with their nutrition. And I wasn't even like trying to advertise coaching at that point. I was just putting out information and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, this person really wants help and I probably could help them. Maybe it's something that I could, you know, start doing. So, um, but yeah, it, it was, a, there was a lot of big battle between feeling like I should be doing it or shouldn't because you don't want to cross that line of going outside of what you're legally, you know, supposed to be doing. And, mm -hmm. I think so. I feel like some of the older RDs, um, like they probably frown upon people getting started with that first. You and know, I think that's what held me back. Even though you're not yeah. doing anything that is even out of your scope of practice, um, I think the judgment from other RDs, especially like the ones during my internship, I felt like yep. that was kind of what held me back and made me wait all the way until after I took my exam to feel like I could do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely that kind of stigma around like 
oh, you're not an RD and you're doing this, you need to wait. Uh-huh. Um, but like when you think about it, there are so many people who are far less qualified doing it. Exactly. Like, people, people who have no nutrition, like actual like college nutrition background and like the most nutrition they've had is maybe they've done some kind of nutrition certification for like a month online or something exactly and, that's um, why i think it's like, great that you're doing it anyway i wish i would yeah <laughs> yeah and like not i'm not trying to like shoot my own horn but like i know that I, i'm very knowledgeable and i know that like i'm going to be able to help somebody more than somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about basically and mm-hmm. um if i can um help somebody come like come to me instead of go to that person then um you could obviously get them better results in that time but you could probably prevent them from developing maybe some really negative habits um and behaviors um that they would have with that other person too yeah i don't think people realize that like how having a bad nutrition coach could really mess you up and honestly for a long term too because if they did something that would affect you mentally um like you could have you could be stuck with that forever so it is really important to make sure you guys are researching your coach before you hire them and make sure that they are either either have a formal education um if you're if they're a dietitian they have to you know do things that are ethical like you could get your rd taken away if you were not following the code of ethics um, and it, it just kind of gives you, like, a governing body that if someone were to do something that was wrong, um, they could get in trouble for it. Whereas if someone doesn't have any kind of credentials, they don't have any anyone that could hold them accountable or, or take away from them. Or sure, I'm not saying you have to work with an RD, but just make sure you're looking into the people that you're thinking about hiring, asking their past clients, asking their current clients, asking people who know them or... Um, looking at what education they have or how, you know, just, just researching everything about them to make sure that it's a good choice. Yeah. 100% researching is so important because it's not like you're just going out and buying a TV or something. Uh, yeah. like you're, you're, you're investing in your health mm-hmm. and um, like you could really screw up your health if you're with a bad coach, not even just physically, but mentally too, if they have you doing some really crazy things or, which they do. I have had food. people yeah. come to me and tell me some crazy shit that their coaches had them do. It's it's sad, honestly. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. So just do your research. Like Emily said, uh, they don't necessarily have to be an RD. Um, but I would say if, if they are an RD, still be skeptical because some RDs um, do have some <laughs> I don't know, cra- crazy ideas about some things. But, That's very true. <laughs> um, yeah. So even if they are an RD, still do your research and make sure uh, like they're approaching things the way they should be. Um, but if they aren't an RD, maybe just be a little more skeptical and dig a little deeper to make sure that they are putting out correct and evidence-based information. Look at the way they word things when they do make posts or say things. There shouldn't be like a clear cut way for everyone that they like promote. It should be uh, more in the middle, you know, the gray area. Like, yes, make sure they are providing a lot of context and nuance to any recommendation they give. Um, 
because nutrition is never black and white. So just yeah. look out for those things. That is a great point. Um, a lot of questions that people ask me about nutrition, a lot of times my answer is it depends. Yeah. <laughs> it really just depends on the person. Um, but Joey and I tend to agree on I mean, I've never disagreed with anything he's posted, and the reason for that is because we are evidence-based, and that's why I wanted to have him on here, just so we could kind of discuss. I know that this is a crazy time, um, and you know we're all working out from home right now. The gyms are closed, and we're struggling with our nutrition, and I just thought that doing this podcast could help some people. And he would be the perfect person to kind of go over it with me. And I know he already did a podcast on um, tips for like training and maintaining your muscle during this time while we're out of the gym. And I just wanted to kind of go over some other topics with him as well. Um, so after you, after you listen to this one, make sure to go check out his podcast and learn about some of the other topics he discussed. But um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, because it was actually brought up a few times in my client check-ins this week, um, but a lot of people are struggling with stress eating. So um, first of all, I'm just wondering, do you, like, I know it can go either way, I feel like, with stress response. Some people want to overeat and then there's people who have no appetite. I'm just wondering like personally what kind of person are you? <laughs> hmm, so I would say I'm probably the type to not eat as much really when I'm stressed. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I really overeat when I'm stressed. I think um I think I think, think to a point maybe I choose certain food options when I'm stressed, but okay. I don't like eat when I'm not hungry when I'm stressed, if that uh -huh. makes sense. Like yeah. if I'm not supposed to have a meal, I don't just randomly feel like I need to eat a meal, mm -hmm. but I'm going to eat a meal a lot of times if I'm super stressed, maybe I'll just like throw in a frozen pizza instead of actually, you know, having something a little more nutritious, you know, like, I don't know, like some salmon and some vegetables or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't honestly, I, some of that might be because, you know, when we are stressed, we tend to go for um, more like calorie dense foods and um, foods that are really high in like sodium and fat. Mm -hmm. um, so part of it might be because of that. And part of it might just be like convenience too. like when you're stressed, you don't want to have, have to time. worry about yeah. yeah, you don't have time and you don't want to have to worry about like, oh, I got to get the pan out. I got to cook this and I got to wash the pan and I got to, you know, it just takes more time when like putting a frozen pizza in the oven is super simple. Like you just press the button to set the temperature, watch the time and it's done. Um, so, true. so like physiologically there might be something behind it too, but I think a lot of it is just, we go for more convenient foods when we're stressed and more convenient foods tend to be higher in calorie, higher in fat, higher in um, things like sugar and sodium that just tastes really good and easy to overeat. Yeah, I definitely would am the type of person when I'm stressed that I want to overeat. Um, but obviously now I'm like a lot more self-aware about my habits. And I know like when I'm like, you know, if I'm going to the kitchen and I'm in that stress mode, I know that yeah. I'm just doing it because I'm stressed and I kind of notice it and I, I cannot do it. Um, but in the past, I know that I definitely have done it. And my response is definitely to overeat and 
you know, eat the more junk food type of foods. Um, but I feel like now I am able to notice it and I always tell my clients to try to replace that habit with something else because, you know, when you go and you overeat, it might make you feel good for a few minutes and then a lot of times it just makes you feel worse in the end. So um, I always say try to replace it with a habit that will make you feel good long term. So, I mean, I don't care mm-hmm. what it is. I, I don't care if you go for a walk, go read a book, um, go color. I don't care. Um, yeah. You know, something other than going in your kitchen and grabbing whatever you see. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I like something that you said where you talked about you choose something that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that kind of made me think about the psychology behind possibly um, choosing something like, you know, a pizza or something that would could be considered quote-unquote junk food. Um, I don't, I don't really like using that term, but people know what you mean when you say it. Yeah. So when, you know, when we're stressed, we want to get back to a place where we feel good. We feel comfortable. And most of the time when people are consuming those types of, you know, quote unquote junk foods, um, there's usually times when we're doing something really relaxing. Like you go on vacation, you're going out to eat a lot. You're eating a lot of those foods that, um, you know, taste really good. They're really high in fat, sugar, sodium. Um, so as we go through our lives, we kind of like learn these behaviors and learn the feelings that we get from those behaviors. So, um, I think for a lot of people too, when they're stressed eating those types of foods, it helps to like, honestly, like subconsciously bring themselves back to that comfortable and relaxed period of time that they experience. you know, before growing up, um, maybe like it was something fun they did Mm -hmm. every week. They like went, I know my family, we actually went to, um, we went to Burger King a lot, like after church every Sunday. And it was always like super relaxing to do that. Yeah. And I think like those experiences, like eating those types of foods when we're in a more relaxed and fun environment teaches us that that could help us like bring us back to that point. Um, That's true. And I think there's something to do with the dopamine too, isn't there? Yeah. Um, like yeah, it, definitely. it gives you more dopamine or something and it makes you feel good for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get more of like a dopamine response from eating those like high high sugar, high fat, um, high sodium foods, like especially when it's all combined together. Hyper palatable um, foods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I think that's great what you said about replacing that with another behavior that makes you feel good, but it doesn't revolve around food. So yeah. um, something like you said, going for a walk or maybe – you know, when you're super stressed, maybe just taking out like one of your favorite books or something and yeah, reading that reading that makes you journaling. feel good. Yeah, I I think it's really therapeutic to do that when you're stressed, especially um, like when you're reading and you're reading like words on a page. Your mind can only really focus on one thing to actually you know understand what you're reading. Like you can't really read pages on a book and then think about like all of these tasks tasks you have to do today that you're stressed about. I guess. Um, yeah. Because if you try to do that at the same time, then you're not going to actually comprehend what you're reading. Um, so, Great like, being able to hone in on the, like, one task, um, it, I think, really helps kind of Take release some of that stress. Of yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, someone from Instagram, because I posted a thing on my story, they asked how to avoid cravings and binging while you're stuck in your home. 
I don't know if they mean binging, like just overeating. I would assume they probably just mean overeating and not like actual like binge eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would assume that that's what they mean. I think people use that term kind of in the more relaxed sense. But yeah, I think that um, I think a big part of why people do kind of quote unquote binge, like the relaxed term, mm-hmm. um, is a lot of times it's because they're not really fueling themselves properly in the beginning of the day mm-hmm. or sooner. So like maybe you have just like a banana or something for um, breakfast and you feel like, you know, that's a, that's a healthy breakfast, it's a fruit, you know, a generally healthy food, but um, you know, you're not, you're not getting any fats with that meal. You're not getting any protein. You're just, just getting carbs and it's not going to fill you up and satisfy you as much. Um, and you're going to get hungry pretty soon after. And then if you try to, focus so much on restricting yourself still mm-hmm. then you're going to be so hungry and thinking about food so much then then your next meal you're kind of going to overdo it so yeah something um, I've heard people say a lot too is like for dinner they'll have like a piece of grilled chicken in a salad and then in the evening they are going through the cupboard, cupboards, shoving their face full of the chocolate and the chips and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's really like, um, I think that like they're avoiding the carbs um, and then their body is kind of sending them a signal like, hey, you need to eat some carbs. So it's telling them like to eat the super quick digesting ones and it kind of puts them, you know, it gives them more cravings because they're not giving themselves enough to be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think adding more balance to your meals uh, mm-hmm. definitely helps. Like making sure every meal has, you know, a carb or protein and a little bit of fat. Maybe if it's like a meal right before your workout, you can keep fats a little lower. But yeah. um, every other meal, like you pretty much want a equal balance of those yes. nutrients, you know. I agree. Um, and I, I think another thing to kind of help with that is just like – just stay busy, like do something. I think it's hard to focus so much on food when you're just actively doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know you're, you might be bored at home sitting around, but, uh, like pick up some kind of hobby, you know, find like a book, like we mentioned before to read mm-hmm. or find something that you can do to like keep your mind busy and productive. Like you don't want to just keep it busy just to keep it busy, but do something that's going to you know help progress you in some way yeah I think boredom eating is huge right now considering a lot of people are not only at home but they're out of work as well so it's kind of like well I'm sitting here and I don't have anything to do so I might as well go find something in the kitchen and bring it and you know go sit down on the couch and watch Netflix while I eat it type of thing um And if you're doing that, I would definitely suggest portioning it out and not taking the whole bag to go sit down with you because that is what my dad does. Yeah. (laughs) And it never ends up well. Oh, my gosh. This is really random. But, like, when I was growing up and I was a kid, like, potato chips were, like, my weakness. And I would eat potato chips so much. And, like, there was one time I was with a group of friends. We were, like, staying up super late at night. And um, we, like, went to the store and got snacks. And I got, like, a family-sized bag of ruffles and I literally ate the whole entire bag oh my god no I totally did stuff like that when I was a kid too 
Yeah. One tip I do have that I think a lot of people don't do is I always eat at the table. It doesn't matter if it's a meal or a snack or what. I always go and sit at the table, and I feel like a lot of people have gotten away from that. Um, they go take it and sit down wherever else in their house, or they stand up even. That's what my boyfriend's family does, is they literally stand up and eat in the kitchen a lot of times. Um, yeah. And I I don't know where my habit started, but I have to sit down at the kitchen table and... I feel wrong if I don't do it, but I also feel like it helps me not just mindlessly eat and stuff because I have to actively go and sit there and enjoy it and be mindful and think about it. And I'm not just eating it while I'm doing, you know, 10 other different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, our, we can only really focus on so many things at once. And when we're watching TV and we're eating, it's really hard to focus on if we're actually full because we're so focused on the TV. Um, same thing, like, you know, if you're walking around and eating and you're doing other things, like, it's hard to really hone in on your hunger cues and see, like, if you actually feel full or not. So it's easier to overeat. Um, same thing goes for, like, if you're constantly on your phone when you eat. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's just so much easier to just keep eating even if you're not that hungry. And then before you know it, like, you, you ate in the whole whole entire bag of ruffles and you had no idea what happened to them. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, so true. Yeah, um, and go ahead. No, go ahead if you're still going to talk about that topic because I was going to talk about something else. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to talk about too, like watching TV and sitting down, like I think a lot of people are struggling with that mm -hmm. because that's like a very relaxing time. So like, like you, you kind of mentioned with the grilled chicken and the salad for dinner and then late at night. I think a lot of people eat, you know, a lot of snacks late at night because they like to sit down and like watch TV and eat. And it just becomes a like habit. A, a habit. Exactly. Like they sit down and they watch, I don't know, an episode of SVU like every single night. And um, I, I used to watch SVU all the time. That's why they <laughs> popped up in my head. But um, they would sit down and watch SVU. And every single time they would sit down and watch that, they would have like... I don't know, potato chips. Let's just go back to that example. Yeah. And they, it just becomes a habit to where they just do it automatically and they don't even realize it. Yeah, and um, I know some people who have ice cream every night. <laughs> yeah, I used to be one of those people, actually. Uh, it was kind of bad. But, um, yeah, and you mentioned, you know, portioning it out. That's huge, too, because a lot of the reasons, like, why we eat certain things is because it's just convenient, like we talked about before, and... Uh, when you're sitting there with the bag in front of you, it's so convenient to just keep eating more and more. But if you portion it out and put the bag back in the cupboard, maybe even put it like in the very back where you can't see it, maybe even up on the top to where you have to like climb up on top of the counter to yeah. get it out or something. And then you just have like, you know, your bowl sitting on the couch with you. You're way less likely to go back and get a second helping when you have to, you know, stop in the middle of commercial or pause the TV get up, walk all the way over to the counter, climb on top of the counter, grab the bag of chips, open it back up, and put it back like... It's, that's a, it's a, not worth it at that point. <laughs> exactly. It's not worth it at that point. And it makes you second guess when you know you have to do all those things like, do I really, am I really hungry for this or mm -hmm. am I just eating because it's just right there? So it's yeah. another kind of tip. 
Yeah, and I know a lot of people are working from home right now and, you know, at their normal 9 to 5 job, they would eat breakfast before they go to work and then they have a lunch time and then they come home and make dinner and now a lot of people are struggling because they don't have that, like, schedule with their eating and they stop meal prepping because they're like, oh, well, I'm at home so, you know, I can just make something at home. Um, but I would highly recommend that people continue to meal prep even if they're going to be at home because just because you're home doesn't mean that you have time to make every single meal. Yeah. And if you don't have a healthy meal ready to go, you're more likely to go grab something else. Yeah, for sure. Definitely trying to keep your schedule as normal as possible is going to always help yeah. um, because whenever you throw curveballs in there, then that's when you go to what's the most convenient and the most convenient option a lot of times is something that isn't usually easy to make to your goals or yeah, easy to make. And, um, it's usually something that's more processed. So it's just going to be higher in calories than what you're normally used to. Yeah. And if you're snacking more instead of eating actual meals, a lot of times snacks are going to be higher in carbs and fats and lower in protein. So you're better off eating like a solid filling meal. That's probably the same amount or less calories than your snacks are. Um, and, and get a better like nutrient profile. Um, oh yeah. 100%. Someone from Instagram asked thoughts on intermittent fasting. And I know you have an entire podcast on this, so we're not going to talk about it too long. Um, if you're interested in intermittent fasting, go listen to Joey's podcast because he talks about all the pros and cons. Um, but in a short answer, would you say it depends? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it depends. Like, I, I guess, my thoughts on intermittent fasting during this specific time, um, it might be, you know, a good option for some people. Um, but it's not necessary, I guess. Like if you feel like doing that helps you stay within your general calorie range, then, um, it could be helpful, mm -hmm. but you can do that by not intermittent fasting and there's nothing magical about it. Um, I've actually seen some people who, they've talked about actually doing it now just because of this situation being at home and they don't want to gain weight while they're at home. And, mm -hmm. um, it's, if, if it works and it doesn't stress you out, then, you know, it could be a good option. But yeah. if you're really stressed and all day, you're thinking about like, Oh God, I can't wait until it's 2 PM to eat my first meal. And you're thinking about that all morning and you're stressed about it. Then it's don't do it. Yeah. And I suggest if you do do it, be flexible with it. Like if you're yeah. hungry, eat. If you can push back your first meal and you don't feel hungry in the morning, that's fine. Um, but I wouldn't say like pick a set time and then be like starving all the way until that time because yeah. you can't eat when really you, you actually can. Um, so yeah. if you do do it, I would say just be a little bit more flexible with it. Oh, for sure. And prob probably my biggest pet peeve with intermittent fasting is when uh, people will like ask questions like, so if I put milk in my coffee in the morning, <laughs> does that break my fast? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> like, it's because there's totally those relevant. extreme yeah. intermittent fasting people who are like, you can't have caffeine. You can't have anything but water. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, exactly. It, it really doesn't matter. 
it, it doesn't matter because then it makes it sound like there's some it's magic. huge, yeah, huge <laughs> physiological change that no. goes through your body when you don't eat for a certain period of time like that. No, um, regardless of calories, which there's not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, we all intermittent fast every single day. When if you go to sleep at ten and you wake up at eight and have your first meal, like yeah. maybe what a normal person does, yeah, like you intermittent fasted mm-hmm. for ten hours there. So that's true. Um, yeah, it just realize it's not magic, and it's just like a little guideline you can set to yourself to try to get you to fall in your calorie range, basically. Yes. So about groceries right now. So depending on where you live, you probably are going to, you know, hopefully try to go to the grocery store the least amount of times possible so that you don't have a, you know, as high of a chance of getting the virus from someone. Um, If you can order your groceries through an app like Instacart, you can do that. Um, that way you're only in contact with really one person instead of, you know, all the people at the grocery store. But Mm -hmm. clients have asked me, like, is there anything you recommend when, when I go grocery shopping? And I have been just saying, honestly, get all your normal foods if they're in stock and then get some extra non-perishable foods as well, just so that it can kind of help you last longer. Um, and make sure that you have enough proteins because, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have tons of, like, shelf-stable carbs in our house, Um, but proteins are the ones that I feel like people struggle with more to have extra on hand. So whether it's frozen meats or canned chicken or tuna or protein powder, Mm -hmm. I would suggest having some extra proteins that are non-perishable as well. Um... And something I had to kind of realize, well, now I'm at my parents' house for the for the rest of this crazy time, but before when I was at my apartment and I didn't have as much food there, um, I kind of just realized that, like, your foods during this time don't have to be, you know, your meals don't have to be the best tasting meal you've ever had, which is yeah. something I kind of struggle with. I am, like, such a foodie, and, you know, in the past, if... I ran out of avocado and I wanted it for my meal, I would run to the store and get an avocado. Um, And where now it's kind of like, okay, I might be missing an ingredient that would make this better or um, it might not be exactly what I would normally eat on a day-to-day basis. But you just kind of have to realize like not every meal that you eat has to be the best meal you've ever had in your life. Like the food is to fuel you and it doesn't have to be gourmet. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. This is like a, a definitely an approach that I really take. And I think it'd be helpful for most people too. It's like, like, yes, we, we want food to be enjoyable and we don't want to force feed ourselves food that we think is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like every, every meal doesn't have to be a 10 on the 10 out of 10 scale, like taste wise. Like you, yeah. you can have foods like meals that are, you know, they're, like a five or something like, yeah, they're, they're kind of good, but they don't, I don't get excited for them, but I know they help me achieve my goals and that's fine. Like it, I think that's where like people get into like all of these like Pinterest recipes and these long lists of like ingredients that are like 20 items long. Uh And those, those can be great if you really like cooking and you're really into uh, like making more 
better tasting meals. But like, I don't, for me at least, like I would rather have all of my meals have like four ingredients at the most, That's maybe a five. Typical like, guy. <laughs> yeah, like like I'll I'll literally eat just like plain grilled chicken maybe put some like sugar-free barbecue sauce on it and then just have like a starchy veggie like that's it and like yeah. i'm perfectly fine with that for most of my meals and uh-huh. then like every once in a while i want to get more creative i will or i want to have something that tastes a little better i will but mm-hmm. um i mean not, i'm sure not- you've seen like all my food posts and stuff like i am i love cooking and i'm like a big time foodie so this was something that i just had to like get over yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people um, who are new starting out, they, they're they looking for all of these recipes and stuff. And I think they're great, um, but I think they shouldn't be the focus for every meal. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to make every meal be like this, then you're probably going to get stressed out because you're, you're just even so new to focusing on your tr- nutrition in general. And yeah. especially if you're tracking your intake, you know how like tedious it is to track 15 different ingredients? Oh my God, yeah. Um, so, like, if you're just starting out, have fun with these foods, you know, when you have the time and when it doesn't stress you out and everything. But realize, like, not every meal has to be a perfect, you know, Pinterest, Instagram post meal. It can be super simple and maybe look really boring, but it helps you achieve your goals. Yeah, so. I don't post those meals, the ones that look gross, <laughs> but I still yeah. eat them. <laughs> yeah. Um, a question from Instagram. Are... Um, are frozen and canned vegetables healthy? I'll let uh, you so, answer. Okay, so um, absolutely. I would say that the canned ones, um, you have to watch just the sodium content is super high. So, like, if, if you are healthy, you don't really need to be stressing about your sodium intake. Um, but if you're somebody who you know, maybe has, you know, high blood pressure issues or potentially has high blood pressure issues, definitely want to watch out for canned vegetables because they are going to be higher in sodium. Most likely, um, you can buy like high or lower sodium versions of them. Um, and you can rinse them off really well, which helps to get rid of some of it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's just kind of one thing to keep in mind. But as far as like the general, like, uh, uh, micronutrient content of them, they're, going to be really similar to fresh and sometimes especially frozen ones yeah especially frozen ones a lot of times can even be better mm-hmm. because um a lot of times like when they actually gather the vegetables you know pick them or anything they pick them when they are the most nutrient dense and then they you know freeze them and they preserve those nutrients so a lot of times like if you buy frozen vegetables or fruits they actually might have more micronutrients than their fresh versions yeah, you know depending on when you buy ones- them a lot of people don't realize the fresh ones they pick before they're ripe. And yeah. it, sometimes it can take weeks and weeks to get them to where they're – you know, have you ever looked at your where your fruit or your veggies are from? Sometimes they're from South America. Like sometimes they take a long time to get to where they need to be. And then they sit at the grocery store. So, you know, during that whole time they actually do lose some of their nutrients. Um, yeah. Not that it's, you know – by all means, eat all of the fresh fruits and veggies that you want to. Um, but f- I think people have like a bad, they think that f- all frozen things are bad because people talk so much shit about like frozen meals and having preservatives and stuff like that, that they think even the frozen veggies and the frozen fruits are bad when that's really yeah. not true. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely not. Um, for the um, frozen fruits, I would say, like, just be mindful of which ones you choose because some yeah. of them, they might have some kind of, like, sugar. sugary syrup in them, which, like, I'm not demonizing sugar. but Honestly, a lot of them don't, though. Yeah, a lot of them don't. Um, some of them may, and it's just, just be aware, you know, just look at the label yeah. and be, like, an educated consumer and, like, not not demonizing sugar at all, but just if you're, like, paying attention to your calorie mark, like, having extra sugar yeah. um, just helps to contribute to more calories that you might just not w- want, depending on where your goals are at the time. Yeah, all you have to do is look at the label. Yeah. Um, someone asked, fresh fruits and veggies that last the longest, and honestly, the the ones that come to my mind are, like, the ones that you'd have in a school cafeteria, like apples and oranges and bananas. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say, like, kind of go along those lines, anything with, like, some kind of skin, yeah. like, that's gonna last longer because it's just not exposed to, like, air as much, um, like things like I know berries and strawberries, those definitely go bad pretty fast. Yeah. yeah, grapes. So those, maybe if you buy them, um, if you do buy them like in a bigger portion because you don't want to go to the grocery store as much, um, maybe freeze some of them yeah. and that can help too. Um, but yeah, anything with like a peel that has some kind of covering around it is going to last longer. And don't be afraid to freeze them or even like I've heard of people even just refrigerating like bananas to make them last longer yeah I I actually refrigerate my bananas because I think cold bananas are way better (laughs) oh really yeah (laughs) Um, I I don't know if I've ever put mine in the fridge before but you should try it a a cold banana with peanut butter is so good oh that sounds really good (laughs) Um, and then I wanted to talk about supplements. So what is the deal with all of the immune boosting supplement posts on Instagram? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, there's a ton. I feel like it's kind of died down the past week, Yeah. but it was Well, really I feel bad. like that's because people started calling them out for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not as new, like the coronavirus thing. It's old news now. So, yeah. um, but yeah, like there, there's been a lot of immune boosting supplement posts, and um, most of them are BS. Honestly, like I, I hate the term immune boosting. That's I feel like it just doesn't paint a clear picture on what um, like these micronutrients that might even be in the supplements might do. Yeah. Like you're not going to get a huge boost from your immune system, like even if you have these. Um, like micronutrients, like vitamin C, zinc, things like that, that actually help with their immune system. Yeah, and I feel like the main problem was that, like, they're kind of promoting it, like, oh, you won't get the coronavirus if you you take this immune-boosting supplement. And I think that was, like, the main issue. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not true at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not going to prevent you from getting it. It might make your symptoms, like, maybe a little more mild, but I wouldn't say loading up on those isn't going to help. Like, if you were consuming these, like, immune-supporting micronutrients, that's the kind of the term I like to use, but if you were consuming these, you know, for the past few weeks, the past few months, you know, and you've built, you know, a good immune system over time with healthy habits, then they might be able to make your symptoms a little um yeah. A little le- work, not worse, a little better, yeah. or I guess, but um, like just loading up on them at the last minute, it's not going to do much. And like things like controlling your stress and just regular, like moderate exercise, 
and getting, you know, eight hours of sleep per night, those things are going to make probably a bigger difference than like loading up on three packets of emergency in one day. (laughs) If there was a supplement, I would actually say maybe to buy, I would say protein powder just in case you are out of protein foods, but you don't, then again, you still don't need the protein powder if you have protein foods to eat. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there aren't any new supplements that I would recommend you get that I wouldn't recommend you get. Exactly. Like I already take vitamin D and fish oil and, and I would tell people to take that anyway. Um, but it's not like something special to take right now. Yeah, Except exactly. vitamin D, a lot of people aren't going outside, so maybe maybe you guys need some vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, you might. I mean, that's one that I usually always take, um, like, during this time, I guess, fall yeah. and winter. Yeah. I, I'm usually always taking vitamin D, but, like, in the spring or the summer when I'm out more, a lot of times I don't take it if I'm out. Yeah, I take it year-round because I don't go outside that much. <laughs> Working from <laughs> my computer inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this question is not on topic at all, but I thought it might be fun to ask anyway. Um, so now that, wait, are you home from your internship then? Are you guys not going anymore? So I actually have been going and like, I've been going up until this past Friday and this upcoming week, they're actually having me stay home and doing more online assignments. Um, so I don't know how long it's actually going to last. They might have me come back in the following week then. For the site that I'm at right now, it's a really small hospital. Um, so they canceled all of their, like, elective surgeries. And yeah. um, they haven't been hit with, like, the coronavirus really yet. Oh, that's So cool. they have, like, no patients in there, basically. So oh. I think a big reason why they're having me not come in is because I live, like, 45 minutes away. And they just don't think it's necessary for me to drive 45 minutes and come in just to see a few patients. Well, that's nice and, for them. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think they probably want to just reduce the amount of people coming into that mm-hmm. don't really need to be there. So um, it's not like it's crazy infected in there or anything, and they don't want me to come in because of that. But so I haven't really had, a, like, a whole lot of free time because I've still been going in since yeah. it's all started but yeah because that's what I was gonna ask um if you had any hobbies that you were taking up or retaking up during this time someone asked um for me I'm still doing all my normal amount of working hours but I will say I have been going for more walks if that counts yeah and I did start I made my first ever TikTok video <laughs> oh nice <laughs> So, I'm going to have to find you on there and follow you on there. Yeah. I really don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try yeah. and make a few. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, a, I don't know. It's a fun platform. but Yeah. Like, it's just for fun. I, I've made, like I've put a couple of videos on there. Most of them have just been like the same videos I maybe posted on Instagram and yeah. I just put them on there. But I feel like in order to like really get into it, you have to like do a bunch of dancing and stuff and like I don't yeah. know if that's really my thing I mean I actually am not opposed to the dancing <laughs> yeah like I'm not opposed to like other people doing it but me myself like I yeah I can't I, picture I think I you look doing really it awkward yeah <laughs> um so but it, it's a fun app yeah so any hobbies though for you um not really anything 
out of the ordinary. I, I'm trying to like get back to reading because like this past year I was reading a lot more, just like a chapter a day of, of some kind of book, and then I kind of got away from it. So I'm trying to like reintroduce that because I feel like it just really helps me wind down and de-stress a little bit. Um, I did like this the first week all the gyms were closed because um, I didn't really have any weights at the time. I did insanity for the first time in a long time. Oh wow! Which is like I I mean. I do more like powerlifting style training and like lifting. So, you were dying. so like I yeah, I was dying and it was it was fun, but I probably won't do it again for a while. That's kinda of like P ninety X, right? Yeah, it, it's kind of similar. It's more cardio though okay. than P ninety X. P ninety X they still use like dumbbells and stuff. Okay. Um but insanity's yeah, like that just would be straight a sight body to weight. See you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Honestly, like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I think just, like, doing, like, things like jump squats and stuff, because I've been able to build enough strength doing, like, heavy barbell squats, like, I just didn't get tired out as much because, a, like, a body weight squat is a lot easier than Yeah, but, that's true. Uh, You'd have to do, like, end, hundreds of them. Yeah, but towards the end, like, I was definitely feeling it, and I had, like, this weird muscle cramps, like, in my <laughs> foot, like, my foot muscles from like just jumping so much. I oh, hadn't jumped yeah. that much in a long time. Like, yeah. So, well, take the minute to, um, tell people where to find you and promote anything you've got going on. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned before, I'm an online nutrition coach, um, trying to build my business while I'm in my internship and I work with clients like general population clients, just getting into it or people maybe more in the intermediate level. Men, um, and wo- men and women? Yes, man, men and women who want to, um, you know, maybe just get a little leaner, build a little more muscle, um, learn more about nutrition. Uh, so I do that, and I, like, also have an Instagram, like most people do. Um, <laughs> but you can follow me at joeyg underscore nutrition on Instagram and uh, Twitter. That is the same handle that I use for Twitter, too. Um, I don't post on Twitter as much as Instagram, but um, he, he I still do sometimes. He posts a lot of valuable information on Instagram, so make sure to give him a follow. And your podcast, Thrive by yeah. Nutrition. And yeah. um, anything else that you do? Is that it? Um, no, that's it, yeah. And definitely uh, you know, check out the podcast because I actually um, will be – I had Emily on mine. We just recorded one yes. just before this. So um, I'll be posting that one soon. And uh, then you can go in our episode too. She dropped a lot of valuable knowledge in that one as well. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, but yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, hopefully I'll get to meet you in real life sometime. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank everyone thank make you so sure much. to subscribe to the podcast and give me a five-star rating and go follow joey <laughs>